This is Radio Influence. Podcasting redefined. As America's zone coach, premier thought leader, and the world's number one coach of champions, Jim Fannin is the go-to person. He has guided the careers of the best pro athletes from 10 sports and business executives from 50 industries. He has coached individuals, families, relationships, and students in simplifying and balancing their lives for more than 40 years. From winning Wimbledon, the World Series, and a gold medal, to losing 68 pounds, saving lost marriages, or overcoming financial ruin, Jim Fannin has been behind the scenes guiding individuals through the intricate process of peak performance. His success tools are not just for the superstar. They're designed to help you reach your full potential as you tap into life's most successful mindset, the zone. And now, please welcome the coach of champions and America's zone coach, Jim Fannin. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Jim Fannin Show. I'm Jim Fannin. And my name is Seth Hurd, Jim's producer and sidekick here on the most positive podcast in America. So, Jim, we got a lot going on today, but first, what's in your mind right now? <laughs> I, I need, I, need uh, I can't wear a hat because there's so much on my mind. It's coming out from the top of my head. I have a lot on my mind, but the one thing that's really coming back over and over again is this is this statement, the person with the most constants in a business, life, or sport of variables prevails. So, Seth, the the person with the most constants in a game of variables will prevail. Now, inspect your life right now. You know, you're more than a business person, and you're you're more than a radio producer, podcast producer. And if you go through every aspect of your life, look for the constants. Because the constants, and I'm talking mental constants, not just normal routines of what time you go to sleep and what time you wake up. There's no question that's a positive constant in a a world of variables. But what are the mental constants that no matter what, you're going to do this over and over and over again. Because what I found that when you have these constants, they give you more confidence. They give you more optimism. And you can take these mental constants and you can travel with them. It can take you on the road to, uh, in a hostile environment in, in a sport where you know the opposing crowd is against you. So that's when you need those constants in a game of variables. But in economic times that may be variable, with uh, all your money invested in Facebook and the stock drops 7%, and you're like, wow, what's up with that? That's a variable. What are your investment constants? What are your financial, personal financial constants? What are the constants in your relationship with your significant other? What do you do every day positive that's a constant? And here's another thing, Seth. What what happens if you have negative constants? That every time something goes wrong, I'm going to blame someone. I'm going to be a victim of circumstance. Now, somebody that has that as a constant in a world of variables, uh, you're you're going to have some serious challenges. You're going to have the proverbial BAD day, the bad day, and and obviously that's not acceptable. And I know for a fact, uh, everybody listening, you can be the most positive person on the planet. You know why? You got free will. You can think anything you want. So when things don't go your way, you can be a palm tree in a hurricane. That's a constant. You can turn your brain off, reboot every time something happens. That's going to be a constant. Negatives, reboot. Negatives, be a palm tree. These tools can, and I believe we need to make them, constants. Because never before in the history of mankind, our our show last week or two weeks ago was on chaos and how chaos is everywhere because we have so much information bombarding us. So right now, if you're listening, 
And if you have a sheet of paper, and if you don't, you're driving, then just see this in your mind's eye. I'm going to name an arena of your life, a portion of your life, and think, what are my constants? If you have a small business, what are the constants? Is it one person that's always on the mark, one of your direct reports? Is your financial statement coming to you on the 10th of the following month, every time on the 10th? And you sit down and understand what happened, what you need to learn from what happened last 30 days, and what you need to do going forward. Is that evaluation and retooling in your business, is that a constant? Or do you just wing it? And if there's good news, Yahoo, uh, party hardy, I don't do any bad news. Oh my goodness, all hands on deck. Now you're talking a roller coaster business. The best in the world have more constants in a sea of variables than the people that are not successful. How about parenting? What's a constant? Do you have a family vision night once a month where you all gather at the table and you talk about each of your visions and then at the end of it you talk about what's the collective family brand vision? That's a constant. Do you wake up every morning? Good morning, baby. That's a constant with your significant other. Do you violate the 90-second rule, or is that a constant? If you've been away from someone you love, care, value in your life, and you haven't seen them for a couple hours, is that first 90 seconds a constant where you look them in the eye long enough to discern eye color? Is that a constant in your life? You know, spring is here officially, although there's some parts of the country you're like, really? Where, I, I, what, what's up with that? But spring is officially here, and you might need to throw away a few things. I want you to look at the seeables in your life, the seeables. So, Seth, you got some seeables. Uh, you see the sink every morning, every night when you brush your teeth. Yeah. Okay, that's a seeable. Do you need to clean up the sink and make it look good? That's a seeable. Is that a constant? Or is that a variable where sometimes it's clean? Sometimes it's like, oh, my goodness, you know, my, my counter and my sink is in disarray. How about making your bed? Yeah, but I'm just going to mess it up anyway. But is that a constant so that when you come back, there's something about going into a room where the bed is made every single time. That's why we expect that in our hotel room. Of course, we don't expect that always in our personal life. But we know that when it is made, is is that a constant? That's a seeable. Your garage going out to your car to go to work. Are you stepping over all kinds of junk in your, hey, I need to clean this thing out. You know, my, my garage is in disarray. Is that a constant? Seeable? That's a positive. How about just your, you know, I, I, a guy wanted to do a, a major business deal with me. And I said, well, why don't you pick me up? We're, we're in L.A., and we're going to go to a restaurant, and I was going to Uber, and he goes, nah, let me pick you up. I said, okay. So we're talking about a pretty sizable deal, financial deal, uh, between our, our companies. And so I get in a nice car, get in the car, dirty on the outside. I look in the back, and it is in disarray. I'm like, seriously? This is me thinking? That seeable not only impacted him, but it impacted me. I didn't do the deal based on a messy car because it wasn't clean as a constant in his life. If he can't keep his car clean, picking up a prospective partner, then how's he going to keep our relationship clean? You know what? And you're not the only person that does that. Just as a heads up to, you know, if you're in sales, if you're going to be doing a job interview this year, if you've got a meeting offsite, I, I've known multiple smart managers just like you that like send somebody out the side door and make, Hey, go, go check it. Go check the car out. <laughs> That's going to tell us something about them. And often it's not, it's, it's actually pretty accurate. I, I had another instance. I, I'm meeting someone who would like to do something uh, with me. This is last week. And I looked at his shoes and they were in disarray. They were scuffed. They weren't shine, And they were nice shoes that were shinable. 
I, I know it's fashionable mm-hmm. to buy shoes that look distressed. Okay, I understand that. <laughs> they can be very expensive. I understand that. Now, these were very nice business shoes, not polished. And I thought, if he doesn't take the time to do that, and that's not a constant for him in a business meeting, what are the other variables in his life? It put that seed of doubt in my mind. The person with the most constants in a sea of variables will prevail. And these are physical constants, technical constants. But these are also mental constants. I'm doing that right now with a lot of baseball players. Spring training is going on. Uh, Florida spring training, Grapefruit League, uh, Arizona spring training, Cactus League. What are the constants? Every time you get into the on-deck circle, are you thinking what you need to do? Pitchers on the mound. I've got two players in Japan. They're American players that have signed multi-million contracts in Japan. Dylan G., one of them. Uh, and uh, Nick Martinez, another pitcher, playing in Japan. They're able to take the constants and how they prepare, how they adjust, how they evaluate from the United States to a completely foreign country, literally Japan, in a league that is completely different, although there's a lot of Major League Baseball similarities. And those constants will prevail. It's spring training, uh, spring cleaning time. What seeables in your life do you need to shore up and make a positive constant? And that means your closet, your garage, your car. How about your desk at work? How many times have I gone in uh, talking to someone about uh, coaching, seminars, keynotes uh, to a decision maker, and I look at his office in total disarray. And I I know this person needs my help. But this person has a challenge. And you know what? I I think because he owns the company, uh, he's not aware of that. What are the constants in onboarding a new employee? Is it the same for everyone? What are the constants in letting someone go? There's a lot of firings in the world right now, a lot of famous firings. In, in the government, in companies. What's the constant when you let someone go? Because when you fire somebody, you failed. You either hired them poorly, didn't vet them poorly, or you mismanaged them and didn't train them. You trained them poorly. Do you have constants in the hiring, the firing, the management, the finances of your small business or medium-sized business? Our guest here in just a moment, Rob Wilson. This is really one of those moments that uh, we really hope you really lock down on the Jim Fannin show because, Jim, a, a word I learned from you is fastidious. So when we're looking at what do we need to spring clean, right? You need to be fastidious about looking at every area of your life. And the same thing goes for business, that there may be things that you're not paying attention to at work that could really come back to get you if, if you're not paying attention. Uh, well, and one of those things is managing humans, you know? Uh, I, I think there's some great businesses that don't have any employees. Maybe you're a novelist or you, you, know, you write books for a living. That's great. But most of us, if we have a small business, we need either independent contractors or we need uh, employees. And the employees you're hiring, not AI, uh, not yet at least, you know, you're hiring humans. And, and human resource, that needs to be a constant. and um, I think human resources is a bigger deal today than ever before. You are only as good as what your team, your employees think when you're not there. Have you empowered them? Do they have accountability? Do they have responsibility? And do they have the authority of what to do or what not to do? These need to be constants in your business. And that's why I'm excited to have Rob Wilson on. Rob uh, uh, owns a company, president of Employco USA. It is a human resource company. And one of the things I realized uh, that, that we need constants is experts. I, I, if I have a plumbing issue, I want the best plumber. Is he more expensive? Yeah, maybe. But, but he's cheaper than a basement full of water. <laughs> uh, he's cheaper than a basement full of water. And an ounce of prevention equal a pound of cure. So that's why we're having Rob Wilson on. He's an expert. The good news about Employco is... 
They can give you Fortune uh, 500 services uh, at uh, uh, small business prices. That's the good news about Employco. So, Rob Wilson, welcome to the Jim Fannin Show as an expert on human resource. Jim, thanks for having me on again. I appreciate it. So tell me, tell me about some of the services that you believe you bring to the table to make a constant with a small business owner or a president of a small to medium-sized business. I know payroll is something you do. That's a constant. Everybody wants their paycheck every Friday, every other Friday. They want it accurate. And so tell me not only about payroll, but some other things that you bring constant uh, to a small to medium-sized business. Sure. When you look at uh, when you look at payroll, for example, you you want uh, uh, it's very constant. You look for consistency. Uh, you know, payroll is such an important aspect of every business because you you got to make sure not only are your employees paid correctly, but then also your your taxes are consistent uh, and all the all of your various garnishments for your employees. So those of those people that are on uh, paying child support, that it gets to the uh, to, gets to the courts immediately. All your benefits. So we're uh, uh, payroll, it's, uh, it's, it's very constant. And the other aspect too is, uh, is a couple of things. One, uh, employee benefits and two, uh, human resources on, on the benefit side, you know, you see benefits, uh, the rates keep going up and up and up and it becomes very un- unpredictable. You, you see people at businesses seeing increases of 20 and 30% still, uh, even though Obamacare was supposed to solve that, which we all, all know it didn't. With us, we're very, very consistent with an average rate increase of, of 4 to 8%. We're able to bring constant benefits to uh, at a very consistent price. So a, a company can come to us and not only save a lot of money on their benefits, but no uh, next year, they're not going to see a big increase. You know, you mentioned uh, payroll and payroll taxes. And uh, if you run a small business, there's one thing you better do. You better pay your payroll taxes. You better pay them on time. I I have had clients that uh, failed to do that because they're too busy bringing in the income, didn't pay their payroll taxes. Those penalties are severe, and that's going to come back to haunt you. So if you don't have someone doing this uh, with Constance in your company, you need to hire an expert to do this for you. So I, I'm just cautioning all my small business owner listeners, that's something you don't play around with. Absolutely. The fines from the IRS are, uh, are, uh, can be large. You've got interest payments. It is, uh, it's an issue that you don't, uh, you don't want that mark against you. And it can also flag an audit. Who's got time for that? It doesn't mean you've done anything incorrect, but who's got time to sit down and have an audit by the IRS or, or the state, uh, uh, you know, uh, revenue? Uh, right. Let's talk about the human resource side. Um, I think today more than ever because there's professional resume creators and people can say pretty much anything on a resume. Hiring and onboarding across the board for every department, every division, for every employee from uh, an entry level all the way up to a, you know, a senior uh, VP, you need to have a constant there. And I, I know coaching a lot of businesses, that's where there's a lot of variables, and that's where you can get into all kinds of challenges. Tell me about your process and what Employco brings to the table in that regard. And, and you're absolutely right. When you look at uh, the onboarding process, uh, you know, small businesses, you know, you've, you know, you're selling a product, you're selling a service, you're hiring. And a lot of times you see on a small business, the onboarding, here's your key card, here's your desk, and you know what you're supposed to do, and you get thrown right into it. Uh, what we help uh, businesses do is what you know, to create a consistent onboarding process for your employees. So and there's a, a, a timetable of that first uh, 90 days. You know, as, as we're as the 90 day and 90 second rule uh, that we've learned from you are so important to, uh, to to businesses. What does that 90 day uh, onboarding look like for an employee? So every employee you hire 
goes through the same same training, learns the you you immerse them into your culture so that uh, they you know they they hit the ground running, but they're also trained and onboarded properly so that uh, when you look at your employee retention, those employees stay with you for for years to come. I think one of the challenge also is you know you're bringing in hopefully an expert based on their resume, based on your interviews. And then you're going to place them in a position uh, of prominence in your in your company. You're going to compensate them, obviously. But that doesn't mean they blend well with the culture of the company. Uh, a lot of people are bringing in their ideas from somewhere else. That can be positive. That can also be negative, where it's really colliding with the culture, and you don't find that out. And I like what you do, Rob, uh, in this first 90 days. Um, you know, day one, I should already have my business cards. How many companies do that? Oh, your, your cards aren't ready yet. They won't be ready for two weeks. Um, I know one of the things that you talk about is, uh, sending them home with something positive that they can share with their family. Tell me a little bit about that because that's really onboarding not only the person, but you know, you've, you've got a significant other, you got kids, they're now part of the new company family. Tell me about that onboarding. And and in some cases, that onboarding is uh, is almost a pre-onboarding. They they commit to you. They haven't started yet. They've uh, they signed their they signed the employment contract, so you know they're coming. Uh, it, you know, and you've got a start date. Send something to their house. Send them a gift, a uh, a, a basket of something, a bottle of champagne, something that uh, is going to go to their home. To, it, it it shows that uh, one you're excited that they're joining you and that you're a company that cares. So it uh, and then as they start uh, as they start and work with you, go through that onboarding process. Create a schedule of. Uh, as they're, you know, they you do need time for them to to jump in and do their job, but uh, have them meet with the different departments and 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 educate them on uh, and immerse them into your culture, so that you create that that bond with them right from the start. Well, I saw something today in my inbox, and it was from Employco. <laughs> you sent me your uh, internal newsletter, and you welcomed a new person on your team. And you did an entire write-up, kind of a Q&A, all the way down to, I know what her favorite music is. I, I know what she likes to eat. I, I know about her family. Uh, I know her hobbies. And I thought, wow, that's welcoming someone into your family. Uh, but it was an entire page, and that went out to every person on, in your company as you onboarded this new person uh, that's taking over some role or some job within your company. Uh, very impressive, right. and, and I, I think that's something uh, anyone listening running a small business or even a medium-sized business or a division of a large company, why wouldn't you do that? That first 90 days is so, so crucial. You want them to stick because if they don't and they leave, boy, you've made some financial uh, mistakes and it's going to cost you. It's going to cost you time and it's going to cost you in money. So let's talk about firing. There's been some notable firings by Twitter. Obviously, there. You know, when you fire someone, um, you probably failed as an owner. You've hired them poorly. You've vetted them poorly, or you've mismanaged them and not trained them. Talk about letting someone go in your company, what kind of constants do, do we need and what constants do you recommend to, to your clients? Sure, absolutely. And, and all your comments are, uh, are spot on. You know, there was failure somewhere along the way, either, either the onboarding process, the vetting process, the, the, the fit wasn't there, uh, and you spent all that time. And, and in, in some cases, you know, businesses, you're, you're, you're terminating somebody that maybe hasn't been there that long, or in other cases, a longer-term employee. But I think uh, the, our what, what we recommend is you really have to be consistent. You have to look at your, from an HR standpoint, your employee file. And we get calls from from clients all the time. Hey, you know, I just uh, this guy's been with me for 15 years, and I just can't take it anymore. I I, I want to fire him. Well, 
have you ever written them up? Are there any type of reviews? No, no, I just, I, I, I want to get rid of them. And we advise obviously not against that because the odds are the person's a protected class and you want to minimize what your exposures are as a business owner. You don't want to end up at the Department of Human Rights or EEOC defending your decision. So paper your file and do it correctly. There's a there's a process that we can help you with that that uh, a lot of businesses don't do, and then it, it costs you uh, it, it costs you later both time and and potentially money. I'm going to ask this to uh, to all the all the listeners. If you have a business, how's your employee handbook? Where is it? What's in it? Do you have one? First of all, most small businesses do not. And um, have you updated it? Talk about that, Rob, because that's a constant, the employee handbook. It's the rules of the road of being an employee at your particular company. Let's talk about the handbook. Sure, absolutely. And there's a, a pretty uh, some some pretty easy topics that come right to mind in your handbook of of one uh, medical marijuana and recreational marijuana is is across the twenty I think twenty six states at the last count twenty eight states that are doing medical. Uh, how are you addressing that in your in your handbook? You know, how are you addressing you know whether whether you're using medical marijuana or uh, you know you're being treated for something in your you know you you had a you know, uh, abscess tooth and you're on Vicodin. Either way, you shouldn't be operating any type of heavy machinery. So what, what do you, how do you address your, uh, your, your drug use, uh, whether prescription uh, or, uh, or not within your company? The, an, another part that's actually really timely, we just did a, a podcast last week on, on March Madness, is what's your, what's your position on issues, uh, issues like uh, March Madness of, uh, and, as well as discrimination or harassment in the office? What are, how are you addressing, uh, for, uh, for example, I think one of the recent statistics on our podcast was only uh, only 7% of companies uh, have ever enforced a uh, an aspect of that in the office, as well as what's your dress code? You, know, you find that as people are becoming more and more casual, in today's environment, you really have to outline that in your, in your handbook, because otherwise... Who knows what people are going to wear to your office? And, and how about sexual harassment? Obviously, that's been in the news uh, this entire year and and last year. Sexual harassment. If you're harassed, what what are the procedures? What do I do? How do I? Who do I notify? What do I say? Right. What's my confidentiality uh, in regard to that? Um, tell me about that. Uh, are, are you addressing that more and more, or, or is this this is a bigger deal now? For your company, you've been in business decades. Uh, you probably didn't have to address it so much twenty some years ago, but now it's at the forefront of a lot of people's minds. What's going on in that regard, in terms of the handbook, but also in terms of just dealing with it on on a on a day daily basis? Sure, most most businesses, most of their handbooks don't address it. They may say they don't tolerate it, but what that pro- what is the process? So I, I'm harassed. Do I go to my supervisor? Where do I go with it? And what are the ramifications down? Do you have a zero tolerance policy? What, you know, how, how do you handle the, uh, you know, the accused person? You've got to, you've got to outline the process in your, in your handbook, because if, if there's never, if there's ever been a time in, uh, in business where harassment is, has been a top of people's minds, it's, it's right now. You can't open the newspaper on any given day and not read about uh, someone that uh, you know a senior level person that's just been relieved of their of their job or a class action suit. It's, you know, so you you need to address it in your handbook of what happens, what's the process, where do I go, you know, what happens to the person? Is there you know uh, the entire process start to finish? It, it has to be documented and readily available in your handbook. I just saw today in the news the Weinstein Company uh, filing for uh, bankruptcy, uh, and they are releasing everyone in the company from their NDA that they signed, which is going to open up all kinds of, I I would believe, lawsuits. Uh, NDAs, should a company have all the employees sign NDAs, not sign DAs? Are they enforceable? Uh, And what happens uh, when they leave? What's uh, is that addressed in a handbook or is that just a policy 
but it is a human resource activity and in non-disclosure agreement. It is, and, and most companies have a confidentiality policy. It's typically not in your handbook. It's a separate document. Well, ours, for example, is on our onboarding process in your new hire document. And when when you're asking someone to to sign a non-disclosure, typically the you know the you would want it. There's got to be some uh, some form of consideration for it. So whether you pay them a hundred dollars or ten dollars, or there's got to just to solidify the contract. But you should have a host of onboarding documents. What's the company's cell phone use? What's the company data and e- email? Can they use their computers and emails for non-company business? All all of that should be uh, should be wrapped up into your into your onboarding agreement. And, and Rob, so th- these are the constants that a small business owner, uh, if you don't have it, you probably need to put that in. And um, it's either pay now in a little bit of effort, bringing on a third party like Employco, or you will pay later. And uh, paying later is painful because it, it costs more money, takes up more time, and it also doesn't do anything to enhance your internal and possibly even your external reputation. Um, so, Rob, if a company uh, has more questions for you and would like to discuss a little bit more, how, how do they find how do they find you and how do they find Employco? Sure. The, uh, uh, you know, as we provide HR solution for business, uh, our website is uh, is Employco.com, E-M-P-L-O-Y-C-O.com or Feel free to uh, to call me direct. I'm happy to uh, happy to help your listeners uh, as uh, as a founder of the business here at Employco. My uh, direct number is six three zero two eight six seven three four five. Direct to the big honcho. I like that. I like we're, we're cutting out all the middlemen. Rob, thank and you why, so. You know why 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 end up in a voicemail, right? If we're we're here to help businesses. Yeah, so. I, I I totally agree. Rob, have a constant, awesome day. Stay in the zone, and thank you for being uh, one of our experts on the Jim Fannin Show. Thanks a lot, Rob. Thanks, Jim. That was insightful. Uh, It's something that small business owners, uh, internet startups, don't think about. And if you don't do it yourself with an attorney, you don't do it with your own hired HR person, uh, which can be very expensive to have your own HR department. And, and obviously, if you're a bigger company, you'll have your own internal HR department. But if not, uh, look for an expert, uh, someone outside. And, and uh, I, I know Rob, I've, I've coached their company, Coach Rob, and uh, I just want the listeners to know that up front. Uh, family-owned business, but the one thing I know about them, they're constant in, in what they do. And, you know, if I can kind of bring in a a not in the zone moment here, I think it's easy for a lot of business people to think, well, if I'm good at the main thing I'm good at, the rest of it's just going to shake out. Right. And it made me think of an excuse I've heard multiple times as a sports fan where you see a pro athlete that gets busted for not steroids, but something they weren't allowed to have. Right. Because pro athletes can't necessarily just walk into a a mall and take whatever, you know, supplement from overseas. Right. And multiple players, multiple athletes over the years have tried to say, well, I mean, I just didn't read what I wasn't allowed to take, so I'm not I'm not in trouble, right? Nope, you got a, a fine for several hundred thousand dollars, and you're missing multiple games. Yeah, uh, and, yeah. Just recently, you're missing eighty games. Uh, that's a, a expensive uh, mess up. Yeah, I think Major League Baseball, especially, and um, uh, talking to John Buck, who's been on our show a couple of times, uh, the players' union, they're very concerned about onboarding a major leaguer because you're more than a major leaguer. Uh, also on how they conduct themselves, the team policies. And I think a lot of teams, you know, it's a big business, are, are looking at the human resources, not only for their own players, but also for everyone else on their team. There's been a lot of harassment challenges. The New York Knicks had a scandal a few years back, not with the players, but with the front office. And um, get your human resources a constant. The person with the most constants in a game, in a business, in a life, or sea of variables, that person will prevail. I want to talk about one small aspect, and this is something that recently 
uh, I've been dealing with in, in a very positive way. Uh, without mentioning the person's name, it's an amateur uh, quarterback, football player uh, at a major university, D1 school. Spring training football started Monday. Saturday, he sprains his ankle doing just working out on his own, but he stepped in a hole. He was doing some running, um, had the headphones on, sprained it badly. But he was trained before the injury that this variable that, that you don't want, you don't want an injury as an athlete, that's a variable. But he had a constant. As soon as he went down and fell, realized he had seriously rolled his ankle, not sure if it was broken, much less sprained, he started a healing process mentally to reduce the swelling. And I've done that with a lot of athletes. I remember Mike Timlin, who played for the Red Sox, great uh, reliever, setup guy for the Red Sox, part of the world championship team. He had an injury, but he had a constant. As soon as there was an injury, he started the healing process. And uh, with this athlete uh, that's an amateur football player, quarterback, um, he started that process. Then we did uh, some serious symbolic imagery to facilitate super healing. And I just got a text from him right before the show, purple toes, all exclamation marks, because I told him that once the healing process starts, you'll see incredible bruising come out within two to three days. And then when the healing really kicks in, that bruising will actually go down to your toes. And uh, I'm an expert on... Uh, Rolling ankles playing professional tennis. I've rolled them a hundred times or more. I know how to facilitate super healing, but that's a constant in a variable that you just don't want. Mike Timlin did the same thing. He went down with an injury. He started the healing process. His trainers, doctors said, We're going to put you on the 60 day uh, DL disabled list. He goes, No, no, don't do that. And uh, so they, Listen to him, put him on the 30-day. He said, no, don't, don't do that. I'm going to be fine. Well, he had surgery the next day, and after surgery, pitched off the mound 10 days later. That's super healing. How do you do that? Well, we don't want injury, but you need to know what to do. And the one thing you don't want to do when you have that variable is start chaos thinking. Oh my gosh, be a victim of what happened. Start judging anybody and everybody. Why, why is that hole in the road that I stepped in? And that's true with just being sick or being having an illness. Have constants on how you're going to deal with it. This show today is about constants in a sea of variables knowing that that'll help you stay in the zone, that purposeful, calm feeling where nothing can go wrong. And I'm telling you, when you have constants in your life, you're going to have a positive life. You're going to have more belief, more expectancy, and you're going to have more sense of knowing that you will prevail. And of course, we've got some zone performers that are holding on to those constants. And I we're going to go ahead and call it a pretty chaotic sports week. Is that is that fair enough? Well, March Madness, uh, it's not March Madness for any. It, it, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> it's not it March Madness crazy. unless it's truly mad. It was mad. I actually think my most zone moment on the show last week was just saying I'm not making March Madness predictions because it happened. University of Maryland, Baltimore County at number 16. Who? Knocked. Who? I know. Who? <laughs> I, if you'd asked me. Have you been to that college? Do you know that college? Last year or two months ago, I go, um, is it in Baltimore? <laughs> I, mean, you know, I don't know. And of course, you've seen the news. But just to recap it again, they knocked off number one, Virginia. First time, I believe there's been 160 something, you know, one versus 16 games in the history of the NCAA tournament. Somebody finally did it. They were in the zone. And what? They just didn't beat uh, Arizona. They clobbered Arizona. The one thing I realized about that team, constant pressure, constant movement on defense. Their defense was a swarm of five guys, 
protecting the rim, going after the ball, all loose balls they got. And then they go and play one of our guests, Bruce Weber, who the coach, Kansas State. And I just watched that game over the weekend. What a defensive battle. And even though I was rooting for Kansas State because I know the coach extremely well, boy, it was hard to root against uh, the team from Maryland. It really was difficult. They were amazing. Two defensive efforts. I think the Maryland team only scored 42 points, if I'm correct on that. Not very many. Uh, And now, who's in the zone? Kansas State. You're going against my beloved Kentucky in the Sweet 16. So, we've got 16 teams that have made it through this arduous uh, NCAA March Madness tourney. You're in the zone. Your fan base is in the zone. Everybody's really fired up. There's been some amazing upsets. But the teams that have prevailed have had a constant on how they start, on how they adjust, and how they finish. And kudos to the coaches because all that runs downhill into the players. Just a couple of other quick in-the-zone moments here. Number 13, Marshall over number four, Wichita State. was a fantastic game. And then we've got to go. I hold up. <laughs> I, I, I hold up. I live six miles from Marshall University camp, uh, campus uh, right across the river in Ashland, Kentucky. The thundering herd. You were awesome. Uh, that was exciting. Now, you ran into a little buzzsaw in your in-state rival, West Virginia. Um, but uh, what a great performance winning that first round. That And that rivalry has totally been refreshed and renewed. Yep, uh, the Marshall West Virginia, you can look for that one to be pretty exciting on, uh, you know, on ESPN for years to come. We're going to go to the number 98 for our next in the zone performer here, which is how old this in the zone performer is. Sister Jean, uh, the, Lo- the Loyola chaplain who has become a global phenomenon, I would say at this point, uh, you know, she she became kind of known in the media because she's a 98-year-old woman out there who knows a lot about basketball cheering. But it turns out that not only is she the chaplain for the team, and she has been for the past 24 years. And Chicago's mentally ill right now for Loyola. <laughs> I mean, the Rams oh have not uh, won. Well, it's the only uh, Illinois team, I believe, to win a national championship. So uh, in, I think it was in 63. Don't hold me to that uh, year. We're, we're going pretty crazy over him. Uh, she knows her basketball. She actually does a scouting report for the team every year. Uh, so Sister Jean is definitely in the zone. And actually, uh, if you want to talk about a, a zone place, you've actually coached the coaches at Loyola. Am I correct? I have. Uh, the athletic director at the time was Dr. John Planick. Uh, he invited me down. I, I put... Uh, uh, all the coaches uh, in their athletic department, uh, men's and women's uh, teams, uh, through a score seminar on how to attract the zone and how to get their teams in the zone. So it's really awesome to see what a small school uh, really has done. And who knows? Right now, the last 16, you you got to look at the pedigreed teams that have amazing coaches, Hall of Fame coaches like Duke, Chisevsky. You got to look at those teams and say, well, they, they might have an advantage with their experience. But I'm telling you right now, everything's off the table in terms of uh, my bracket was busted in the first week. And I'm, I'm good at this. And the unpredictability and the lack of constants on uh, uh, people that are supposed to win, uh, it's been really refreshing. So, uh, Loyola, you're in the zone. Have a great, great Sweet 16. And there's been so many crazy, crazy stories. You might have missed one athlete who has just remained so constant throughout his career. Uh, LeBron James just put up a a triple-double last night. And I think it's notable because the Cleveland Cavaliers have definitely had some, some challenges this year. And it's also notable because one of the ways that LeBron has been able to stay healthy is and I, I think if you have the option to do this in life, you you might as well do it. He just hired a Navy SEAL to follow him around, and so one of the ways that LeBron is avoiding injury and staying at that peak level is uh, he has a just fantastic trainer that he not just trains him, but he literally had move like next door to him, uh, and that kind of goes back to the the theme of constants and having an expert to help you get to where you need to go. Yeah, if you're having a challenge um, 
in anything in your life and you're having a challenge of making that a constant, look outside. Hire an expert. And it's going to be worth it. It really is. And when you look at, arguably, right this moment, the greatest basketball player in the world, LeBron James, he knows that his body, because of his age and the grueling schedule of the NBA, his body could easily be a variable. And it is for most athletes at the highest level. You know, some days you're feeling it, some days you're not. You get a little injury, you tweak an ankle. And he made up his mind, this is going to be a constant for me. He brought in a world-class Navy SEAL expert. Kudos to you, LeBron James. You're in the zone. And hey, we should let you know that if you're looking for that expert, uh, you know, Jim Fannin has had a waiting list for decades at this point. However, for the first time ever, Jim can change your life over the course of an hour. You can go to jimfannon.com. That challenge that you're, you just can't seem to get over the rock, get over the hurdle in business, in your sport, and another endeavor that you're pursuing that you just kind of keep bumping up against the wall. Jim can help you get through that right now. And the way that you check that out is to go to jimfannon.com and go down to let Jim change your life. Uh, an export really can make all the difference. And, you know, for, for LeBron, it may mean the difference between him missing 15 games this year and the fact that he stayed healthy the whole time. And he, also, it's going to be a factor in can he reach his peak mentally, physically, technically at the right time and right moment. And that's going to be in the playoffs and uh, hopefully for them, obviously, the finals, the NBA finals. Once again, you can go to jimfannon.com. F-A-N-N-I-N.com and go down to let Jim change your life to check out more on, uh, on that one-hour session. I want to talk about The Blueprint. And yes, I have a book out, The Blueprint. But you need a blueprint. That blueprint needs to be a constant. That blueprint of what you want in your life wakes you up in the morning and puts you to bed at night. But you need a blueprint for every facet of your life, not, not just put all your happy eggs in your business or all your happy eggs in your sport. You need to have a blueprint for everything that you do. And, and part of this blueprint is having a vision for your relationships. I mean, how many of us are going to wake up, look at our significant other and go, huh, it's just you and me in the house. Our kids are gone. We're empty nesters. And who are you? Because we don't have shared vision. We had shared vision. That was a constant. That's why we got together. That's why we married. We had that constant vision. And I think when relationships sour, it's a lack of shared vision. And I think that the constant in every aspect should be a blueprint. A vision, well-defined goals with timelines, and daily routines. And you also need to know who are the key people in each of these arenas. We need a blueprint, and we need constants in our personal finance. We need it in our personal relationships. We definitely need it in our business. We rely on our business to bring in income, buy our food, to pay our rent, pay our mortgages. But we also need it in parenting. And right now, I think America, I think we're failing. I think, we're, I think we can be better parents. But I think each of us parents, I think it's the toughest thing to do. And I, I've been in so many arenas, but and, and I, I know marriage is not easy. We can look at the statistics. But parenting, that's an incredible responsibility. And I, I think we need to hold ourselves accountable. But where's the blueprint? What do you want from your child, your son, your daughter, your sons or daughters? What do you want when they, when they leave the nest and they're gone? Well, you want them to be world-class decision makers. They're only as good as what they think when you're not there. Did you have a blueprint for that? Do you have a blueprint for that? And I, I, I know that because I get so many calls, when your kid reaches 13, 14, 15, wow, if that blueprint's not in place, the peer group, 
has already taken over. They're going to dictate what your son or daughter thinks, what music they listen to, how they dress. They're going to find that niche, that void that they think they have in their life, and they're going to surround themselves with like-minded people. And your kids' friends, uh, that's a big deal. I think as parents, we need to say no. I think as, instead of always yes, I think of, as parents, we need to be consistent. And if it's a 30-day uh, probation and you're in your room and you don't have a phone, you don't let them off the hook on day 27. It's 30 days. Don't, don't give a punishment if you're not going to stick to it. You're better off saying nothing. You're not just their friend. Coach them. Train them. Be the mentor. And you can be their friend and have a beer with them when they're 30, like, like <laughs> I do with my oldest, Colby. Yeah, we're best friends, my daughter, 33. And I, I'm so happy because uh, all those things that she did, they're going to come back to roost now that uh, I'm a grand, grandfather and she's raising her son. But find the constants in every arena of your life. Make sure they're positive. And then also check the variables. And maybe you need to get rid of them. Maybe it's a few people that you need to shed from your life. They're variables mentally. Sometimes they're positive. Sometimes they're negative. And if they're negative, they're dumping on you. And what do you want me to do with this negative information? Again, this show is about the person with the most constants. In a sea of variables, that person will prevail. That person's going to be successful. And I want that person to be each and every one of you. We got free will. It's spring. It, it, we may need to do some spring tra- uh, cleaning to get rid of some extra variables in our brain. Let's do it. It's time to be the best, genuine, authentic self that we can be. Let's go ahead and jump into Ask Jim at jimfannon.com. This is where you get access to world-class coaching, uh, the same as Olympic gold medalists, people who've been in the Super Bowl, the World Series, hundreds and hundreds of Fortune 500 executives. Hey, Jim, saw that Tiger Woods is trying his comeback and he didn't quite get there this weekend. How do you coach a player or a team that's past the point of being able to win in that game or season to be a true champion? That's a great question. I'm not sure how that applies to Tiger Woods because he is not normal. He's an (laughs) abnormal athlete. If I had to give Tiger advice, my advice would be this. Focus on what you're great at. And the one thing that Tiger Woods was the best in the world was the mental side of golf. He could stay disciplined. He could be focused. He remained confident no matter what. You never heard him put himself down. You never heard him talk about any part of his game in a negative way. Stay relaxed and enjoy this challenge. You did well. You were in the hunt in that last tournament. But with the Masters coming up, you know this course like the back of your hand. I've walked the course with you at the Masters. And I've been right there on the ropes where you were paired with someone else I was coaching. And I've seen you uh, not hit the ball well and win. You're a winner. Tiger. You're a champion. Tiger, you may be the greatest of all time. Attract the zone, lock in, and start selling you that if you need a putt, I make that putt. I heard you once say on on a talk show, I'm the luckiest man in the world. And and that stuck out to me. I couldn't believe that I heard that from you. He said, yeah, I, I could hit the ball in the woods. It'll hit a tree and would bounce back in the fairway. And everybody in the audience laughed. And I thought, you know, he believes that. Yeah. (laughs) He actually believes that. And I I think when Tiger gets that mental swagger where he doesn't need to say anything, he just does it, uh, that vibe is going to spread, and it's going to get people to choke uh, to him. And uh, I I believe Tiger has to be considered 
as one of the favorites, the way he's playing right now. But we'll see. When he has adversity, pay attention. How does he talk to himself? How does he talk in front of the media? Is he putting part of his game down? Because if he is, that's not the Tiger that I saw in 2000 dominate the mindset of the rest of the field, rest of the competition. I'm looking forward to the Masters. I know on Monday of the Masters, we're going to have my my former client, uh, someone that I revere uh, as an expert. We're going to have Frank Nabilo on the air. Uh, he's on uh, Golf Channel. He's on CBS with the Masters. Frank's uh, going to be uh, doing an interview from the Masters, Augusta. I may be there as well, uh, but I, I want uh, Frank's take on the field and who he thinks going to be in the zone. And then I obviously I'm going to ask him about Tiger Woods. You need a constant, no matter what, in your mind, and that one constant that I think is crucial. You got to have optimism. You got to have confidence. And um, you need to have more than belief. You need to have expectancy. So that's what any athlete, and that's for any business person or any person in your life, um, you got to believe it. You got to know it's there. You do. And and there is a big difference between I I believe I can win and I know I can win. The person that knows it doesn't need to even talk about it. You know, I was just thinking that we're talking about, you know, seeing Tiger and I have vivid memories as well. Not seeing him like in person like you did, but seeing him on TV, just knowing, oh, man, that guy's got it. And I think I've seen the same thing. We've all seen the same thing. Even in the third grade basketball game, there's one kid out there that knows they are there to dominate. And as the zone is a scientifically proven phenomenon and you can see it. In a performer. Yeah, just and, take a look. and we're going to see it uh, in the Sweet 16. We're going to see it in the Final Four. We're going to see it at the Masters. We're going to see it opening day at Major League Baseball. You're going to feel that when there's a crucial time, either in tennis or golf or in a team sport, when the money's on the table and there's a moment of truth, watching this as an observer whether you're a professional observer or an amateur observer, you'll get a sense it's going in the hole. They're going to make it. Or you're going to get a sense like the Cubs did for almost 100 years. Oh, no, here we go again. It's not going to happen. And, of course, the Cubs have reversed that billy goat curse. Once the fans know, uh, they're picking that vibe up from the individual or the team. Part of constancy part of staying right there is you've got to be aware of your entire score level personally, because you know, we've, we've talked about business. We've talked about parenting. We've talked about relationships, staying constant there, but the constant in all those constants is you've got to be a good you to be able to perform in each one of those arenas. Yeah. And, and to be the best uh, self you can be and, and a genuine authentic best self you can be, you need to think about what you think about that inner dialogue that script that you're writing every day, that printout that we could look at at the end of the day, that's going to reveal what happened, why it happened, and what will happen. It's definitely a predictor. Think about what you think about. There are five markers. We've talked about it every show. Five markers. We discovered these markers in 1974. Each of these following markers trigger natural body chemicals from cortisol, glycogen, uh, adrenaline, dopamine, serotonin, uh, endorphins. All of those chemicals flow into the bloodstream simultaneously from these five markers. A phenomenon called the zone arrives. And when you're in the zone, you'll have a feeling that nothing can go wrong. And I've learned that you can live in the zone. It's not limited to superstar athletes or CEOs of Fortune 100 companies. It's for anybody and everybody listening on the show. It's for all of us on a day-to-day basis. And our free will allows us to manage these five markers. And they are, in order, self-discipline. That's a willingness. That's a commitment to stay with a task, to reach well-defined goals. Self-discipline. It's the only form of discipline. That's where the blueprint comes in. If you have a plan, well, that's, that's the, first, uh, the first thing you need to get discipline. 
Secondly, concentration. Well, that's the ability to focus energy, mental energy, physical energy on the task that leads to the goal that takes you to a vision. And this is in every arena of your life, not, not just sports or business. Third, this is right in the center of the word score. It's at heart and soul of the whole thought management system. That's optimism. And that's the belief. That's the expectancy. That's the sense of knowing that the tasks that you selected, the routines, will lead to well-defined goals being accomplished. That's going to take you to that vision at some point in time. Optimism. Four, ah, relaxation. Now, that may seem a far cry from self-discipline concentration, and it is on the opposite end of the word score and the whole system itself. It balances everything out. That serotonin level when it's high, you're breathing six to eight breaths. You're relaxed. You don't feel anxiety. You don't worry. You have no fear. You're comfortable. And you can be like that even in intense situations. Your body can still reflect relaxation. And then last, definitely not least, it's at the very end of the word score, but it's also at the end product of what this system of thinking is all about. And I might add, this system's over 40 years old. It's never failed. I've seen some people fail it by not doing the task or setting up their own blueprint. That's enjoyment. We're all going to have challenges. And, and I know that the higher we climb and the more our dreams are seemingly difficult and maybe out of reach. But if you've got abnormal dreams, you've got to think in an abnormal way. And one of the ways to think abnormally is get rid of the word problem. You've got challenges. That inspires you. That motivates you. How's your enjoyment level? So now drive up to the Zone Cafe. Seth and I, we're cooking heaps of S-C-O-R-E. And this is where you get to pick only one of these. Right now, you can choose it for your whole life, or maybe you take one aspect of your life. Maybe it's your business. Maybe it's personal finance. Maybe it's your own wellness, your own self. Maybe it's a relationship. That's your choice. What do you need? Do you need a big, heaping plate of self-discipline? Do you need a bowl of concentration? Do you need a big bag of optimism? Do you need a slab of relaxation? Or do you need a cool drink of enjoyment, like an energy drink that gets you fired up and gets you a little pep in your step? Seth, what do you need? You know what? Right here during the work week, I'm going to order some relaxation. Great week. A lot of new stuff happening. But I, I realized that I, if I dip down too low there, then my creative problem solving goes away. My ability to be good at, you know, in marriage and my business and friend relationships starts to dip because I'm not relaxed. So I'm going to bring that part of my score level back up kind of in the middle of the week here. How about you? Well, someone that's disciplined, I'm going to order more discipline. I, I've got a lot of opportunities. There, there are swirling external variables. And part of my discipline is going to be no is the new yes. Uh, do you want to go on this trip uh, to Arizona? No. Uh, do you want to do this deal? No. Uh, hey, listen, uh, can we go out to dinner? I'd like to run something by you. No. Uh, no is going to be the new yes for me. Uh, I'll do it politely, but I'll do it firmly. Uh, discipline. That's a willingness. That's a commitment to stay with the task I've already chosen to reach goals that'll take me to a vision. And uh, there's a lot of variables. You know, we've got more variables coming at us, Seth, than at any time in the history of mankind with social media, with the phone, with television, uh, with so many avenues to bring information into our brains, less is more. You want to get in the zone, uh, you may have to do a little mental spring cleaning. You may have to get those seeables in your life uh, up to par to reach a high standard. And of course, you might be going, oh, wait a minute. I need all those. 
you talked about chaos thinking. I kind of just showed up to the to Jim Fannin show and I think I need all of it. Where you need to start is you've got to get your blueprint together. Jim's new book is called The Blueprint. You can find it at Amazon.com, JimFannon.com, your local bookstore. They sold out. There's another uh, round that have been going out to several of those bookstores. Uh, you can't keep this stuff in your head. You've got to have a written plan. And then when we talk about you know raising up each individual piece of the score system, you can go in there and do some maintenance, but if everything is chaos and you're just trying to survive the next 30 minutes of your life, those all five elements of the score system are going to dip pretty low pretty quick. So get your blueprint together. Keep hanging out with us each week. And then as we get to this, the, uh, the score cafe, we'll give you that meal you need to boost up one of those pieces. Yeah, nothing great happens, Seth, without a blueprint. Have a blueprint, not only for your life, have a blueprint for this upcoming week. Make this the greatest week you've ever had in your life, and there's no rules to be successful. Be in the zone, everybody. Be in the zone. This is a Duffified Live with Chef Brian Duffy Quick Fix on Radio Influence. We get to talk to Steve Green from Foodie Chats. I'm just like you. I mean, we're we're attached to the hip. It's like you have a kid that's like checking into your kid, checking into your Twitter, your Instagram, your LinkedIn, your YouTube. I mean, all the different places that you're, uh, you know, you're working on, you're just constantly going in there. But you totally nailed it. I mean, a lot of people do just like social media marketing, right? They're just posting, letting people comment back and not really engaging. I mean, you got to have a great ratio of like, 10 to 1 engaging versus just marketing. I mean, that truly is the key of, of also, you know, supporting what others are up to. It's not called media. It's called social media. So, I mean, you got to be social and you have to support your community because if you don't, I mean, unless you're a celebrity, right, then, you know, then everything comes your way. But if you're not that or not a super influencer, then you definitely have to have the giver's gain philosophy. Duffified Live with Chef Brian Duffy can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and of course, RadioInfluence.com.